He always seems to get involved, doesn't he? I'm telling you, too many coconuts have hit him right on top of the skull. Well, I think uh, Anthony will be a great acquisition. He can do it all. Avery, whose show is this? Welcome, everybody, to the Anthony Irwin Show. I am Anthony Irwin. Today, joined by friend of the show, friend of mine, legitimately one of the nicest people in this weird industry that we find ourselves in, George Sedano of ESPN. If you're watching the video that might be on, on, on YouTube here in a bit, from clearly ESPN LA, one of the, the coolest backdrops that I've seen of a guest here. How are you doing, George? I'm good. Uh, yeah, it just so happens to be that the uh, emblem behind me, the logo behind me is like perfectly situated where it looks like it's hitting me right in the temple. Uh, but other than that, uh, I'm good. I'm good, buddy. Good to see your face. It's a, it's a great look, man. I, I, I can't lie. It's, you know, I've done a lot of work to try to get this thing situated behind me. And I'm just, I'm never going to do anything as clean as that. So it's good to know. Um, <laughs> we're going to dive right doing, into Obviously, none of my doing. All happens then. <laughs> Um, we're going to dive right into this stuff because there's a lot to get to. And, you know, every time that LeBron says something, which has been a lot this year, either I will text you or you will text me. <laughs> Did you see this latest thing? Did you see this thing? And, and, uh, so we've been texting a lot <laughs> this season. Yeah. Uh, most recently when LeBron, uh, goes out there, he's asked a question, um, that, it, look, my conspiracy triggers were, were, were being set off. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that he kind of knew this question was coming. But he, you know, was asked about how long he's getting ready to play. Um, he was asked about, you know, this this season. And he let it all out there. Basically came out and said that he, he is not okay with just playing basketball for the sake of playing basketball. And, uh, you know, you and I usually have to talk about speaking LeBron, but that was, that was him just saying the thing. There was no, there was no reading between the lines there. And, you know, I guess if we wanted to try to parse it a little further, you know, how, how shocked are you that the situation calls for him answering that question in that way, just very plainly coming out and saying, this is not okay. I don't want to keep doing this. I don't want to just keep playing basketball and needing 40 plus points to beat the Charlotte Hornets or losing despite uh, scoring uh, either. Did he score 40 against Miami? I think he did. Um, no, th- you no, know, I don't think he scored 40 against Miami. He came close though. He I, came I'm close. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, losing in Miami the way that they did and then requiring 40 points in consecutive consecutive nights. Uh, oh, that's right. He beat he scored 40 against the Hawks and then he scored 40 against uh, Charlotte last night. Like, what do you make of of this situation of of his comments of his approach to the season? Uh, first of all, I wasn't surprised because of the way the season has gone. And if I mean, I'm sure you covered this extensively. Uh, game one, he said they didn't have lasers, if you recall correctly, which I feel like was content for months already to begin with. Yep. And this isn't the first time he has been vocal about his displeasure with the current state of the roster. Right. And the Anthony Davis injury situation has only exacerbated that. Um, 
I am not surprised in the sense of like he goes back to a place where he won, right? And I would imagine I'd have to go back to the Cleveland one because they lost there and see what his response was there. It, it certainly didn't stick out the way this one did, but I think mm-hmm. that this one sticks out and potentially is done in a calculated way, perhaps uh, because of all the parties involved, right? Because Pat Riley is the, the center party or, Oh, you mean like the, the yes. interested parties? Yes. 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 Sorry. yes. sorry. Sorry. Yes. Because Pat <laughs> Riley is involved um, because of his relationship uh, with the Lakers and history with the Lakers, because Pat has gone on for 27 years now and stewarded a ship that's won uh, three titles with, you know, whatever it is, five or six finals appearances in that stretch. Um, and most of that coming, obviously, um, in the last 18 years. I think that LeBron knew exactly what he was doing. Okay. Um, I think that he answered the question uh, that Dave McMiniman asked him, which was about the longevity, right? And mm-hmm. Dave, being someone who has a great relationship with him, asks him that question. And LeBron took that opportunity to say, okay, Dave, I'm glad you asked me that. You know what I mean? Because I've got <laughs> things to say. And yeah. he answered Dave's question while also doing the thing that us in the media love about LeBron, which is giving us, forget about morsels, right? And about <laughs> breadcrumbs. I've told yeah. you this before. LeBron doesn't leave. There are times that LeBron will leave you morsels and breadcrumbs. But yeah. more times than not, you can tell when he's really frustrated because he doesn't leave the breadcrumbs. He leaves the entire bread loaf. Yeah, he's that, slapping you with a baguette. Right. <laughs> and that's what we have now in this situation with him, where he is telling you that the roster is insufficient in regards to the talent. And I do think that it was done purposely in that place, because, by the way, he could have done it anywhere else. Right. Like he chose there because, hey, yeah, he's had he's, all season. These guys are in it to win it. I know I've been here. And you know, because you, some of you may even remember uh, being around this dude who runs this place. Um, and, you know, that's just kind of who he is. And I don't blame him. You know, it, it's, it's smart to do it when he did it because it's going to draw eyes and attention that it wouldn't have had he done it somewhere else, right? Um, I think game one, obviously that stood out. This stood out. And by the way, he, he did this in Miami last year too, if you recall, where he was at the very least prior to the Miami game. I'm trying to remember the timeline. I think it was prior to the Miami game. He was asked about Frank Vogel and he gave a very neutral response at best is the way I would describe it. And then went to Miami and gushed about Eric Spolstra uh, in that (laughs) post game press conference. And if I recall correctly, prior to that also answered a question um, a few days earlier about Ty Lue and gushed about Ty Lue. So this is just what it is when you're in the LeBron James business. He's not going to, uh, let you off the hook in these scenarios. And by the way, I kind of don't blame him. Yeah. I, I get it. And we can discuss further in regards to what that actually means about being in the LeBron James business as, as we continue this conversation. Yeah, the holding feet to the fire, right? He did that in Cleveland contractually in Miami. Um yeah, I, I think he had a better relationship, I think, with Pat Riley than he did with the people that were running the team in Cleveland. Um, until the end. And then, you know, here he he arrives with the Lakers and to this point hasn't really applied much like contractual pressure when he's had opportunities to do so. He's passed up on that. And, you know, one reading of that is, hey, if I apply too much pressure here 
it actually hurts the Lakers' chances of getting something done, right? If 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 he essentially holds his contract extension over Rob Palinka's head heading into the season, then teams are going to de- demand that the Lakers cough up an extra asset or two that they don't have still um, to to get what little they can try to get done. Um, he passed on on doing that. He he signed his extension and and forwent any and all opportunities to over the course of the season say hey look i can be gone i can ask for, i can start asking for a trade i still don't think it's off the table like it's been it, when i when i've been asking around whether it's on the air talking to beat reporters or 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 off of it behind the scenes nobody feels all that confident that he won't kind of start to quietly as he can start saying hey I want another opportunity to win. You guys are clearly focused on the future and all of that. But I think more importantly here for the Lakers, and it's crazy to say more importantly for the Lakers than keeping LeBron James happy, but here we are. Um, Looking beyond this LeBron AD era, I, I think a part of the conversation that I haven't heard enough of is the impact that this is going to have on what the Lakers are going to be trying to do after they're gone. The, the the superstar in the NBA world is a really small one, and they talk a lot about the organizations that they play for, and they talk a lot about the leadership of those organizations. And, you know, the conversation, I don't think the Lakers want LeBron having that honest conversation about, you know, how he feels about the Lakers with other NBA superstars, and yet he's going to. That's how this works. So how do you think... Like, what do you think are the things that would be said about the Lakers, whether it's from AD or whether it's from LeBron, whether it's from clutch leadership? Like, how does this impact what the Lakers are going to be doing here moving forward? Well, they better make a, make a deal. Like, I, I don't think there's any question they're going to need to make a deal. If they stand pat, then all those things you discussed, in my opinion, and this is reckless speculation, I don't have this source, I have not talked mm-hmm. to him or anyone in his camp. But I think all that stuff you've alluded to is absolutely a possibility. I don't think it's absolutely going to happen. I think it's probably unlikely. I think this situation gets resolved if I had to guess. But I'm not ruling any of that stuff out, especially if they stand pat or don't Mm -hmm. make moves that are satisfactory to him. And I think that that's part of the deal. When you get in the LeBron James business, Anthony, your expectation, for lack of a better phrase, is you've got to push your poker chips to the center of the table and go all in every chance you get. Yeah. And that that is the ultimate expectation. Go ask Pat Riley that. Go ask David Griffin that. Go ask Cole Ask Mo- Rob Polinka that. He said right. that before the season. <laughs> like we have, that's not even you and I like speculating on how the Lakers even feel about this. They know. We all know the situation here. So because of that, I think that's, that's what he is absolutely expecting to happen. And my guess is he doesn't feel like they have fulfilled that end of the bargain this season. And I know that the conversation always goes back to, well, he was complicit on this whole Russ thing. He practically recruited him. Okay, sure. But let me just give you an, an example from when he was in Cleveland. Okay. When he was in Cleveland in 2018, which I believe was the last year he was there, right? Because he came to the Lakers the following year. Mm-hmm. You remember that team they started with? It had Derrick Rose, it had Jay Crowder, and it had his best friend Dwayne Wade on the team, (laughs) okay? 
And do you know what they did at the trade deadline? All three of those guys were gone, okay? Because <laughs> for whatever reason, it wasn't working. And hey, Dwayne, go enjoy Miami again. Go have fun down there. You're good. Yeah. So <laughs> think, this, is, this is what we're talking about here. So this notion that he, you know, cares about anything other than basketball and trying to be the best basketball team and player he can be is asinine to me. Yes, I think that two things can be true because the conversation always revolves around, well, you know, he came to L.A. because he wanted the other business ventures. Sure. It didn't mean he thought his basketball um, career would go in this direction where yeah. they, after winning a title, now granted injuries played a factor in this. You know, I know Laker fans still uh, are not thrilled with Solomon Hill after uh, that season uh, rolling mm. into his ankle, but that season losing in the play-in for whatever reason, we talk about basketball reasons, injury reasons, whatever, missing the playoffs entirely last season, okay? And then potentially on that course again. That was not what he expected nor signed up for nor expects to happen here with the Los Angeles Lakers, the crown jewel of the NBA. When he joined forces with the Lakers, he expected, okay, I'll have a little bit of a runway here this first year. I'll give them some breathing room. But after that, it's full speed ahead. And yeah. that has not been the case. And the stuff with Russ, too, I always push well, back. Can I, can I also really add really quickly? Yeah. Not only, have they, not only have they been irrelevant in the title picture, but there's way too much complacency associated with it. Like, yeah. you would think after last year, after missing the playoffs last year, that heads were going to roll, but no, Jeannie Buss is out there saying, no, we're perfectly fine. We hired a new we coach. Extended That's... the general manager. For <laughs> exactly. Like it's not just that they've been bad. It's that they've been okay with being bad. It's been that it's, it's that like the, everybody involved with that inner circle that, that Jeannie doesn't like anybody talking about. Nobody there's like demanding accountability of the people who, who did that, who, who are responsible for the last two off seasons, which are probably some of the most off seasons, worst off seasons in Lakers history. And then of course the pushback to this is always, well, he made his own bed a with Russ and B with signing the contract. And what I would respond to is, a, he did not put a gun to anyone's head to make the deal for yeah. Russell Westbrook. If you had someone in charge who felt like that was not the move to make, that's their duty and their job as the uh, steward of the franchise to yeah. say, hey, we don't think that's a good idea. Okay. Yeah. And then lay out basketball reasons why you don't think it's a good idea. And if that's the case, he probably comes to the realization that, all right, maybe not. Okay. But yeah. again, I don't know how that would have played out because it never happened that way, or at least we're not led to believe that it happened that way. And then the other part of the equation is this, is just like, yes, the rush thing. They also had a chance to deal him this offseason, potentially, right? At least there was the thought mm -hmm. and the talk about it, and it never happened. So at, what, at some point, he's going to be like, yo, this one's not on me anymore. Like the rush yes. stuff is no longer on you. And I signed the extension, secondly, because you kind of convinced me that this would be easier to get stuff done if I were yeah. committed for a stretch of time, which you sort of alluded to earlier as well. So I'm not trying to absolve him completely. Look, he met, he has his hands in everything that he does, okay, like yeah. that revolves his teams. He has at least some level of accountability. I don't know what that level is, but of course he has some level of accountability because everyone yeah. goes for their star players. And Rob Polinka, to his credit, has talked about it openly in the past about him and A.D., but again, no one put a gun to your head. And if you really thought it was a bad idea, you probably should have said something. And three, it also kind of like plays into the narrative 
for better or worse, that Rob Palinka loves him some stars, right? Yeah. And the Lakers love themselves some stars, and Russ is a star, and they felt they had a big three. So much so that I heard from a bunch of different people in different camps um, that they were like, well, we're going to recreate the big three in Miami. And I was just like, okay. <laughs> like, no, like Dwayne Wade, at, you know, in Miami, the last year particularly was hurt. Um, and even the second to last year was hurt some. But Russell Westbrook is not Dwayne Wade ever. Okay. Like the only yeah. thing they have in common is their reckless style uh, on offense and that they can't really, they weren't great shooters. But Dwayne Wade was a much better defender uh, yeah. from beginning till the end, literally, than Russell Westbrook has been. Um, and also was a willing participant, went to LeBron James in year two, still in his prime, and said, yeah. I'm going to take a back seat. This is your thing. Okay. In his own city. So, like, let's not equate those two things. Um, and then Bosch, prior to his situation with blood clots, was certainly way more available than Anthony Davis was, even though Anthony Davis, a, a better talent than Chris Bosch. Yeah. So I already had my reservations when it came to that. But that's the way they were billing this thing as a big three. And that's everyone, okay? That's the organization. That's his group. That's everybody was billing it that way. And then that thing went south very quickly. No, I mean, they were billing it as, as not just the big three, but – Carmelo Anthony is there and Dwight Howard is there. And it's like, look at all these former all-stars that we have. And this is definitely going to work out. Wait, somebody has to rebound. Like, like it was, <laughs> it was just, what? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, I also want to go back to something that you mentioned about, about the, the culpability here of LeBron. And, and, and I think this is a really important point that I think needs to be hammered more than I, I see it in some of the discourse. Like you said, LeBron clearly very capable of making mistakes like i i don't think he's a particularly great gm like that's not that's not something i think he sees the game in a very unique way and like most super talented people can't quite relate to people who aren't as talented as he is um and i think that gets in the way of some of his instincts in, in terms of putting rosters together but he is i think more capable of acknowledging his mistakes than people give him credit for. Where, like you mentioned in Cleveland, yeah, he wanted he wanted Derrick Rose. He wanted Isaiah Thomas. He wanted uh, Dwayne Wade. He wanted, you know, he wanted to see how things would go with those guys. It wasn't working. And he pushed, like, acknowledging the fact, like, all right, my bad. <laughs> and then those guys were gone. And I think here with Russ, it's a, it's a very similar situation where, yeah, he, he sat down with Anthony Davis and he sat down with Russell Westbrook and those guys hashed out how they thought it would look if it was going to work out. And, and it didn't clearly. And he, same thing, my bad. Can we, can we fix this now though? Can yeah. we, can we, can we all start moving forward? 100%. And, and I think of the people who I think are being adults in the room here, I think LeBron is being the adult where he's like, all right, that clearly isn't working. Let's all try to find a way that we can all move forward from this. And the only people or the only person who is unwilling to kind of move forward here has been Rob. And, and, you know, when you, when you listen to stuff that's talked about, you know, whether it's from the outside looking into Lakers or some, sometimes from the inside looking out, um, there's a lot of like infighting and 
like it's succession. Like the Lakers front office runs like succession. And there's a lot of like, well, I wasn't responsible for this. So I don't really have to fix this. It's right. on you to fix this. Yep. And, but like the problem never really gets fixed. <laughs> and, and, and I think that's, that's what's been the most maddening thing from, from my vantage point is, all right, clearly a mistake was made. Clearly there are multiple people uh, involved with making it. Who's going to be the solution? Where is the solution going to come from? And right. I think that's where I, I, I think LeBron is the, is the most sympathetic. I think he's been in a long time where he's saying, all right, yeah, fine. <laughs> you want to you blame me for the mistake? Then blame me for the mistake. But let's move forward, and I'll be a part of the solution. And Rob has been unwilling to, to do that. And by the way, this is also coming off the heels of him having incredible performances where, look, yeah, right. histor historically um, – particularly the last decade, right, or so, eight, seven, eight years, um, he has kind of ramped up to get to a point where he's peak LeBron, right, because he kind of manages himself where he wants to be ready during the playoffs. And this season, it, it, it looked like he needed a longer ramp up, potentially. And then all of a sudden, it sped up to like, oh, it's January, and he's playing like LeBron now. <laughs> um, yeah. and, and it's out of necessity which is crazy to me that at 38 years old, he's got to have to go back to back 40 game, 40 point games or whatever it was. Um, and he's like the oldest player to have these 40, whatever games that he's had a 40 point, certain assists, certain rebound games. And it's really just him and Michael Jordan. And now he's done it twice. And again, <laughs> it's completely out of necessity because yeah. if he doesn't play like this, they have zero chance of winning. And that's the wild part about all this. That, to me, is as big a cry for help as anything he's said in a press conference. Yeah, my, my buddy Sam, uh, who works over at CBS, had this stat out there because, uh, you know, Darvin Ham had, you know, unfortunate <laughs> phrasing. So Darvin had, was asked by McMenamin after the game about uh, LeBron's minutes and uh, Ham says, quote, I just want to ride him. And he allows you to do that because he takes such great care of himself. So it's a great luxury to have. And uh, Sam says that, you know, AD played 46 minutes in the game before he got hurt. And then uh, LeBron playing this many minutes at 38 years old obviously isn't great. But the, <laughs> the, the minutes that he has played or the Lakers have played without LeBron since AD got hurt, 149 of them. And they've been outscored in those minutes by 58 points. Yep. So like, and it, and it, and it matches the eye test, right? Every time LeBron goes out there, the other team goes on a run and it's just, and, and, you know, that was part of the thing that like Russ was supposed to help with, right? Was, Hey, when, and, and this is like, if you listen to telecasts and stuff, that's what Russ is apparently bringing to the table. He's not in my opinion, but like, well, regardless, wait, I don't know the numbers. I haven't looked them up recently. Isn't Russ still a net negative when he's on the floor? Oh, be, by a lot. Like he's yeah. not, he hasn't, he's still one of the least efficient shooters in the, in the league. He has the highest turnover percentage, uh, as of, I think a week ago when I looked, um, he's still not good on de on defense. So yeah, like the, he, you know, he's better than he was last year, but it like that bar is underground somewhere. Right. Um, Oh, I, I do want to really quickly wrap up on this, though. Like you, you said that you think that a move is 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 going to happen. A move kind of has to happen. I am of the same belief, but you know I've been of that same belief dating back to the deadline, and I was of that belief at during this off season, and I was of that belief twenty games in, and it just feels like at every step, the Lakers have made every excuse in the book 
not to make a move here, not to commit to LeBron and AD as a, a tandem that can spearhead a championship. So if they aren't willing to, you know, push those chips into the middle of the table, um, and if the Lakers finish outside of the, the play-in game again this year, like, I I just, I it feels like a death knell on 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 this iteration of Lakers leadership. I, I don't know how, if you can't make it work with LeBron and AD, I, I'm supposed to believe that you can handle a, a, a from-the-ground rebuild? <laughs> well, here's the thing. I, I don't know if those two things, um, you know, are correlation you know if there's a correlation between those things or not like i I don't Mm -hmm. know right but what i will say is this is that if they don't make a move and you started talking about this earlier when we uh, began this conversation which is if you don't make a move and you stand pat and then the worst case scenario happens where he starts to potentially think that he wants out um i think that the lakers history of doing right by their stars and to your point, it's a very small group of people, right? Um, will have faded. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it, you're 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 only as good as your last moment, right? Mm-hmm. And people are going to remember this more so than anything else previously. Because as people get older, uh, or particularly the stars get younger, they have less of a recollection of what you've done in the past, no matter how many documentaries are out there about yeah. it. Okay. <laughs> And I think that they will remember, oh, well, you wouldn't make moves for LeBron James, who went back to back, you know, whatever, had 40 point games at 38 years old and was doing everything to keep you afloat. And that's going to hurt you. And honestly, I because I think if they make the moves, Anthony, you know, this thing about the picks and the value of these picks, they might be valuable. They may not. I think Sporting News did a, a story a couple weeks ago about what picks Uh, have gone for right like what we thought were initially great picks or potentially great picks and what they actually you know were went for and i would say more than half of them were low lottery picks or outside the lottery right yeah and i think that that's something you have to think right like you think oh my god these picks are going to be so valuable in five or seven years they might be they might not be but you know what's valuable right now lebron james even at 38 (laughs) years old he said yeah. it the other day. He's still capable of being part of a championship caliber roster, and it's his, his D, in his DNA to want to play basketball that way, not in his DNA to play basketball this way just to play basketball. And to use another phrase that he used, he wants to keep the main thing the main thing. So because of yeah. all that, uh, I think you I wonder have, where he heard that from. I'm trying to think it's who, in a was, book. who famously called, said that. I think it's in a book called The Winner Within. Um, yeah. You may want to research the author on that. But anyway, <laughs> the – if they move the picks and they do everything in their power to put LeBron James in a position to succeed in a wide open Western conference, in my opinion, yeah, which, it's we still not good. We, we, which we haven't tackled really, to be honest with you, but if we're going to do it real quick, I'll do it. Um, the warriors, we don't know Steph's future and we don't even with Steph, they weren't all so great. Right. Uh, New Orleans Suns are in free fall. Suns are in free fall. New Orleans is young. Memphis is not as young has more experience, but still not totally experienced. Right. Yeah. Um, Denver, you know, they haven't been there that often either. And yes, they have the reigning MVP, two-time reigning MVP, and he's playing great. I don't know if I can trust uh, all the other players on that team, particularly Michael Porter Jr. from an injury perspective. So it's wide open is my point. The Clippers, can you trust them? If they're healthy, they may be the best team, but we know that they have not been healthy. So there's 
a lot of reasons, basketball reasons that you've seen recently and that you see as the, as the West is shaking out that you need to do your best to make a move. And the guy I would trade for, because you can't do Miles Turner anymore, it looks like he's going to be extended, right? Uh, obviously, you know, the Nets are not making any moves because they're playing great now. So it's Boyan Bogdanovich is a guy. I know that's not a sexy name, but if you know basketball, that guy can play, man. That guy can let's His shot is sexy. I don't know what you're talking about. I've watched him shoot and it's the, <laughs> like, compared to compared to what I've watched from Lakers shooters. That's porn. Okay. Like, <laughs> he can shoot the ball great. He can get to the free throw line, Anthony, which is yeah. also a really important factor in this, right? He can help slow the game down a little bit. He, he's a great free throw shooter. And defensively, he's an above average defender, okay? And yeah. if you watched him play at all in those, Utah, in those Utah days, you know that that's the case. So I actually think he'd be the perfect antidote. And hopefully you get Anthony Davis back before the end of the season. And maybe you can kind of at least have a puncher's chance in the West. If not you may not even make the play in, right? Like that's a real possibility. So I, I think to all, because of the point that you made earlier, that it, it goes contrast to what the Lakers have done historically, which is take care of their stars. That will resonate if they do, don't do that. Yep. to one of the greatest stars uh, and, and the greatest star arguably of this generation. Um, that will backfire on them in a big way in my estimation. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, especially if that's what you hang your hat on, Right. Again, keep the main thing the main thing. If the Lakers' main thing is treating stars right, then you treat your stars right. If you if you if while you have a star, you start looking towards the future, you're not keeping the main thing the main thing. Um, hey, I really appreciate you uh, offering up a little bit of your time. I know you're crazy busy uh, between college football season, which just is is kind of coming to a close. We didn't yes. get. I, I at some point do want to talk to you about that experience. Um, between your, your travels with ESPN covering uh, those games courtside and all of your radio work, and apparently you're getting your podcast started uh, up again. Um, as if you weren't busy enough, George, and, and you don't make me feel lazy enough, uh, thanks, thanks for just piling on. It's just really nice. That's what I'm here for, really. That's what I'm here for. By the way, I will be on the Lakers Heat broadcast on Wednesday uh, with Mike Breen, Jeff Van Gundy, and Mark Jackson. So we'll have that game for you on ESPN if you so choose to uh, view us there, and hopefully you do. We will. We will. We will be watching. I'll be on a pressure cooker during that. So we'll all be watching that game together. So oh. so I'm looking forward to that. Thank you very much, George, for hopping on. Um, anything you want to plug on your way out? No, you kind of plugged it all. Uh, listen to the radio <laughs> show. Subscribe to that podcast. My podcast, my NBA podcast, will be on that uh, Sedano and Cap ESPN Los Angeles radio show feed. It will be a separate, uh, you know, line uh, in the podcast feed, but it will be labeled uh, and you will see it and you can listen to those episodes, which uh, the first will drop hopefully here in the next uh, couple of days or so. So, yeah, if you're an NBA fan and you want more takes, uh, including a preview, by the way, because um, I think the first one will drop tomorrow, actually, now that I think about it, um, I have a preview of this Lakers heat uh, matchup uh, in depth uh, in regards to the play on the court uh, as as well as some of the stuff that you and I discussed here as well with some other guests. Awesome. Can't wait to check that out. Again, George Sedano, Sedano and Cap, uh, ESPN's NBA coverage everywhere. Thanks for hopping on, George. I'll talk to you soon. You got it, brother. Take care. Happy New Year.